in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Well, you may be getting ready to head out for trick-or-treating right now, but beware, tonight could bring a fright and a freeze. Some 100 million people from California to Connecticut are facing frost and freeze alerts tonight. Okay, and I think, David, a lot of people are wondering, will Austin get that first freeze tonight? <laughs> Not tonight, but north and west of Travis County, we actually are under a freeze warning for an early first freeze this season. Here is your freeze warning in effect right now, north and west of Austin. It starts at 3 a.m. tonight through mid-morning tomorrow. Williamson, Milam counties, and the entire hill country need to get ready for a freeze. We'll talk about what to do because it's been a while in just a few minutes. First, though, it is a cool, sunny Halloween afternoon in Westlake. Lorenz Lorenz 360 cam reading a beautiful 60 degrees. We still have north winds blowing. They'll ease up a little bit through your trick-or-treat plans, but boy, it's going to be chilly out there. If you're heading out soon, we'll be in the 50s by 10 o'clock though 48 degrees under nice clear skies coming up i'll show you the forecast lows where you live even colder weather with more of us potentially freezing tomorrow and a total turnaround for your weekend outlook all right david thank you a person working at austin bergstrom died after being hit by a fuel truck this morning all right bill Ramonda is live at the airport now learning more about what happened the bill that's right, this is a crash call that came in at about 9.30 this morning, and it happened near gate 33 and 34 off my right shoulder here. This is a busy time of day at the airport, but AUS tells us the person who died was an airport employee, and according to AFD, a fuel truck hit the person near a service road that goes by the tarmac and those gates I just mentioned, 33 and 34. Now, you can see those gates, as I mentioned, off in the distance. Uh, still, everything was back to normal and moving. Airport officials told us uh, it happened in a secure side of the airport where aircraft park for passengers to board, and we were told there were no delays because of this incident. But this comes just after a few weeks after the family member of an airline employee who died at the airport sued American Airlines for negligence. Now, in April, APD responded to a report of a crash involving Michael Ingraham, an employee who was operating a ground service vehicle that hit a jet bridge. The lawsuit claims the airline failed to fix issues with the vehicle, causing it to crash into the jet bridge. Some of the reason listed for the negligence included things like failure to properly train and supervise its employees and failure to warn Ingraham of a workplace hazard. The family member is seeking $1 million to pay for medical, funeral, and burial expenses. Now, again, this is under investigation. We are working to find out about today incident. This is the second death here at the airport in the last year, according to AUS. We'll keep you updated right here on KXAN. Reporting live, Nabil Ramadna, back to you. All right, Nabil, thanks so much. Looking in depth right now, this isn't the only safety concern at Austin's airport. Earlier this month, U.S. Representative for the Austin area, Lloyd Doggett, sent a letter to the FAA demanding the agency address low air traffic control staffing levels. So he called on the FAA to bring in more air traffic controllers and beef up training. This all comes as the airport has seen in the period of a year close calls and one near miss. Well to the Capitol now and with just a week left in this third special legislative session, Governor Greg Abbott expanded his legislative call today to now include an increase to public school funding and teacher pay raises. Now this comes after House leaders still grapple over Abbott's main priority, those education savings accounts, which would subsidize private schools with public dollars. Capitol correspondent Monica Madden joining us now 
Alan Mon. Teachers have really been in the middle of this and been promised a raise for the past few months. And right now they're caught in the middle of the debate. Yeah, that's right, Jenna. Earlier this month, I posted on TikTok asking teachers to share their input on all of these issues, including education savings accounts and the pay raises. Hundreds of teachers responded to me saying they're in a tough financial spot. And today I spoke to one who's hoping the promises come through, but she's already making plans to leave Texas. If you do what you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. Paige Frontera has taught Texas middle schoolers history for nearly three decades. If you've ever had that special history teacher or even a special teacher in general, that makes history just come alive. But her passion doesn't pay what she needs. So at 30 years, I cap out at $63,000. Frontera and her husband, also a teacher, say they recently had to sell their family home in order to make ends meet. And we were going to retire in Dripping Springs, and that is now not my future. At the end of the day, had they given us even a $8,000 pay raise between my husband and I, I would not have had to sell my house. Now she feels caught in the middle of a political debate over education savings accounts, where teacher pay and public school funding are also on the line. Today's an important day for Texas. Republican leaders say with the governor's expanded agenda, the House can now move forward on an omnibus bill to create ESAs. It also includes more funding for public schools and a teacher pay raise of about $4,000. It is important to this body and it's important to Texans that we take up teacher pay that we take up school safety, that we increase the basic allotment. A quorum is not present. They couldn't do that Tuesday, as the House did not have enough members present to do business. I need to have a paycheck now. For teachers like Frontera, the longer the holdout, the tighter her finances. And you are holding it hostage. Instead of bringing us up, we are literally trying to put food on the table. And Governor Abbott says that he did reach a house a deal with the House on ESAs, but the speaker did not confirm that. Now, keep in mind, it faces opposition not only from Democrats, but a group of about two dozen rural Republicans. I spoke with one of those Republicans today, and he says as far as he is concerned, there has not been a shift on the votes. All right, Monica, thank you very much. And going in depth on this, the Coalition of Texans with Disabilities and other disability rights advocacy organizations are also opposing private school vouchers and their potential impact on students with disabilities. Now, they argue sending public funding to private schools could have consequences for these students, including a loss of legal protections, discrimination, segregation, a lack of academic accountability, and insufficient funds for service. Calls for more aid to Israel and Ukraine, why lawmakers say helping allies will keep us safe here. And when will the defense in the Christopher Taylor trial take over? We have a live report from the courthouse coming up. Well, Israeli troops continue to strike Hamas militants from the air and on the ground in the northern Gaza Strip today, reaching the outskirts of Gaza City. Now this, as Hamas says, several airstrikes leveled a number of apartment blocks in the Jabalia refugee camp a few miles outside of Gaza City. This is one of the most densely populated areas of more than 100,000 people in one square mile. And as troops push further into Gaza, the U.S. Senate is set to take up President Biden's request for aid to allies fighting wars overseas, Israel, and Ukraine. And Secretaries Blinken and Austin will make the administration's case for aid, but some lawmakers have different ideas. Here's NBC's Chris Pallone. 
As protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza interrupted them, the president's top diplomat and military advisor urged lawmakers to approve a request which would send billions of dollars in aid to Israel and Ukraine. In both Israel and Ukraine, democracies are fighting ruthless foes who are out to annihilate them. Many are again making the bet that we're too divided or too distracted at home to stay the course. In a different Senate hearing, FBI Director Christopher Wray argued supporting the nation's allies abroad will help keep Americans safe at home. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. The $105 billion foreign aid bill has significant bipartisan support in the Senate. It's essential for American interest uh, for us to support both Ukraine and, uh, and Israel. But in the House, new Speaker Mike Johnson has proposed stripping out money for Ukraine altogether and wants to cut IRS funding to pay for the $14.3 billion going to Israel. I understand their priority is to bulk up the IRS. Um, but I think if you put this to the American people and they weigh the two needs, I think they're going to say standing with Israel and protecting the innocent uh, over there is in our national interest and is a more immediate need than IRS agents. House Democrats are incensed. How is it that the Speaker of the House decided to cheat the IRS revenues uh, in order to pretend to support Israel? That is not support for Israel. The Speaker's proposal comes as support for Ukraine among Republicans declines. Chris Pallone, NBC News, Washington. And today the Senate confirmed former Treasury Secretary Jack Lew as a new U.S. ambassador to Israel. The United Auto Workers strike against GM should be ending soon as the two sides have agreed on a deal, at least temporarily. It's the last of the Detroit big three car manufacturers to strike a deal with the union. Now, if this moves forward, hundreds of General Motors workers in Michigan could be back on the job very soon. The agreement still needs to be ratified, but workers say they are feeling optimistic. Well, fall is here, and so is cold and flu season. What doctors are saying about choosing the right decongestant. October typically our second wettest month of the year, and after a dry first half, this month really ended up delivering 7.15 inches in the bucket in total this month, more than twice what we typically see. Your first warning forecast after this. Today we're on the brink of starting a new phase of the murder trial of Austin police officer Christopher Taylor. Now the state is expected to wrap up its case soon and then Taylor's defense will take over. Taylor is charged with shooting and killing 42-year-old Mike Ramos during a police call in 2020. KXN's Grace Reeder joins us live with today's developments. Grace. Of the final witnesses that the state is expected to bring forward, the jury heard today from an expert who analyzed this scene largely using Michael Ramos's injuries. His testimony didn't necessarily go to plan entirely. A decision from the judge meant that he couldn't show a presentation he'd prepared for the jury. She ruled the state didn't hand it over to the defense in time. So the expert did a whole lot of show and tell on attorneys and through drawings. The state hired this expert to explain to the jury what Michael Ramos's positioning was when he was shot and what that would indicate he was doing. I believe uh, that as a consequence of the above analyses uh, that Mr. Ramos or his vehicle did not at any time present an imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury. Stop the vehicle. 
This morning, we heard for a remaining testimony from an Austin Police Academy instructor. He was used by the state as an expert witness on high-risk traffic stops, which officers have previously testified was how they treated their approach to Ramos. This afternoon, we heard from a nationally known use of force expert. We're going to have details on what he said coming up tonight at 6, along with a timeline for how long we expect this trial to go. Back to you. All right, Grace, thank you very much. And going in depth, we asked Austin attorney Rick Flores why people seem to be more interested in the upcoming Caitlin Armstrong trial than the Taylor trial, both are murder cases. Flores believes it's because Armstrong's case is the, quote, classic dateline scenario. It involves young people, romance, sports, elements that get people interested. He says the trial of Christopher Taylor is more consequential, but he says people should really be paying attention to both. I would urge viewers uh, to, to really follow both trials. I mean, both of them are very important. Both of them show an insight into the criminal justice system here locally. And another reason Flores says paying attention to local trials is important. He says, remember, the judges are people elected and selected by you. All right, turning now to weather. We know those trick-or-treaters, David, they are already out. Some people left work early yes. so they can get an early start. <laughs> Some people around the building. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. It's just not supposed to be this cold. Mm -hmm. Typically, we see our first freeze in the area in mid or late November. Many of us are going to see it over the next couple nights, two to three weeks ahead of schedule. Here we are under sunny skies. Beautiful to see that sky blew up today after the welcome wet weather recently, of course. 60 degrees right now in town. Average highs are well into the 70s this year. We're in the 50s out west and really east of Austin as well. 59 degrees this evening in Georgetown. 58 from Mason out to San Saba. Pollen count shouldn't give you too much trouble as you're out and about collecting candy with the kids this evening. Everything's trending downward and everything we've got, just mold and ragweed, and those are both in low concentrations. Remember, hourly updates on your pollen count always on KXAN.com. Finally, the moisture tail from that recent storm system pushed southeast of us with dry air sliding in its place. Surface high pressure, which is basically just a big lump of cold, heavy, dense air, it's settling right on top of us for the next 36 hours. That's going to prime us for some really abnormally cold nights. Here's one thing, though, that's going to save most of us or a lot of us from falling below freezing tonight. It's the continued wind. It's still blowing from the north northeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. And even though that might make your skin feel colder when you step out of the door this evening for trick or treating, it actually keeps temperatures a little warmer overnight than they could otherwise be. But that wind won't last tomorrow night. So let's dive in. Here we are this evening. Temperatures falling through the 50s over the next few hours, the 40s later this evening, and the 30s by tomorrow morning. Remember, north and west of Austin, a freeze warning for the potential first widespread first uh, freeze of the season. From Austin southeastward, though, notice we're in the middle and upper 30s tonight. Again, thanks in part to the continued north wind, keeping temperatures moderated just a bit. Tomorrow afternoon, another beautiful sunny day, but with northeast winds continuing way cooler than normal yet again, with highs near 60 in many areas. It's tomorrow night when we're now warning you about the coldest night of the week. Once the skies remain clear and the winds completely die down, that could make a difference in dropping a few more degrees over tonight. Many more of us, even east of Austin, by Thursday morning, could see a widespread first freeze. With that said, central Austin, I think this forecast is right. We should stay just above freezing. We'll keep you advised if we see a more widespread freeze warning posted tomorrow night. In the meantime, tonight, north and west of Austin, let's think about the four P's. I know it's been a while since we've taken our freeze prevention steps, but check on your pets, your pipes, plants, and people. Make sure all your neighbors and the elderly, of course, have a warm place to stay. 
Tonight's forecast in Austin, a freeze northwest of town, but in town we're staying at 37. North winds stay up at 5 to 10 miles per hour. That continued northeast breeze tomorrow means another cool day. Bright sunshine, but a high temperature more than 15 degrees cooler than normal, only reaching 61. Tomorrow night, we're going to have to watch this 34 degrees downtown Austin. That means places like the airport, Leander, etc., etc., could see a first freeze. Finally, we'll warm back up to normal by Friday and then above normal temperatures this weekend into next week. High temperatures in the 80s for the Texas home football game Saturday. And don't forget, daylight saving time ends Sunday morning, so we'll fall our clocks back by one hour. A little cool front is in sight next week. Won't bring any rain and no real cold air. Just a bump down from the 80s on Monday to the uh, 70s on Tuesday. All right, David, thank you. Now that fall is in full swing and people are starting to feel the impacts of cold and flu season, it might be time to remind you that your go-to medicine that you've been taking for years might not work. So back in September, an FDA panel found a key ingredient in most over-the-counter medicines called phenylephrine doesn't really do anything to help relieve congestion. And that includes medicine like Dayquil or Sudafed PE. Now doctors say you might have to go behind the counter to get medicine with Sudafed Pseudofedrin in it because that one works, but keep in mind it can be used to make meth, so a lot of states have age requirements for purchase. Kids under six years old should not take it, and before you take, of course, any medication or give it to your children, check with your doctor. All right, well, after the break, some sweet stories to add to a spooky Halloween night. Right now, warning signs before the mass shooting that killed 18 in Maine. Concerns expressed about the shooter's mental state even worries he would commit a mass shooting. Plus, how low inventory and high mortgage rates are leaving buyers priced out on Nightly News. Well, Austin has a new set of heroes, and tonight they're getting some much-needed rest. Now check them out. We have a little Supergirl, a first responder right there, also an incredible baby, and others. All of these little ones are spending their first Halloween in the neonatal intensive care unit at Ascension Seton Medical Center after making their appearance on Earth just a little early. Well, the pups at Austin Pets Alive are dressed for the occasion <laughs> as well. Perhaps instead of candy, you might want a furry friend. So some of these dogs have a tougher time finding their adoptive home due to perceived barriers. Augustus, also known as Gus, is a five-year-old bulldog who knows sign language, and he's dressed as a ladybug. So Emma, here's Emma right here, is going as a dragon for her Halloween. She has paralysis in her back legs, so now she is in a wheelchair. And then Cleopatra also gets around with a special set of wheels. The APA medical team will teach you how to care for this pumpkin's injury. And Monty is dressed as a cow tonight. APA says Monty is fully house trained and is a top dog graduate, meaning he's a pro at leash walking, sitting calmly, and even at coming when he is called. If dogs really aren't your thing, of course, APA has cats available as well. <laughs> Their expressions always get me. <laughs> well, tonight on KXAN, it's two hours of The Voice starting at seven, followed by found at 9 o'clock and then we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 o'clock on the CW. Here's where to find us.